Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Right, recording with a guest today. I've had a, a series of um, podcast episodes that were just me because I feel like I'm in a bit of a transition, kind of like I don't know what it is. I don't even have the words. But um, my guest episodes are a little um, less. Used to be like all guests. <laughs> I go through phases. So it's very fun to be recording with you today. Guest episodes like just get my brain turning in a way that talking myself into the mic does not. I love, love, love that. So thank you for joining me today. Today's guest is Alex Jameson. Um, And honestly, I saw a project you were doing on Instagram and And just all the lights went off. Like, this is a very cool thing that we need to talk about on the podcast. And so here we are about to talk about a really um, beautiful project you've engaged in um, regarding abortion. And I want to let you introduce yourself. I like when my guests introduce themselves in whatever way feels relevant to you today. So for this audience, I think that changes over time. So I'll let you introduce yourself, and then we'll talk about all the cool stuff you're doing. Sound good? Okay. Hi, I'm Alex Jameson. I am. I wear a lot of hats. I'm a visual artist. I'm a writer. I've been a coach and consultant for over 20 years, and I've had a lifelong passion um, in a variety of activism roles, mm-hmm. um, and I was raised by hippies who demanded that we be good citizens and also artists. So all of those things coalesced into this current project um, that you saw on my Instagram feed and reached out to me about. Yeah. So I'm excited to be here to talk about the abortion trading cards. Okay. What does that even mean? (laughs) So a tiny bit of backstory. Again, I grew up with artists, our whole house, my grandma's house, my aunt and uncle's house, just a living art project. Mm. Um, But I didn't consider myself a visual artist until about 15 years ago. I was a writer. I was, you know, I was other things. I wasn't Mm -hmm. an artist, Mm -hmm. but over the years, I just let myself indulge in taking classes and getting a studio space and all those things. And I can't separate my political awareness and my activism soul with whatever it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mainly did, I'm mainly a watercolor artist Mm -hmm. and I make very pretty art, you know, landscapes and, you know, watercolors can tend to be very pretty and light. And there was always a part of me that wasn't getting, getting fed by making Mm -hmm. art. 
Mm. Um, I was like, how do I be weird and dark and political and also <laughs> funny with watercolors? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, weird and dark and political and funny. Okay. That is you why know, you're here. It's fantastic. <laughs> those are pieces of me that need to be fed by my art. So about a year ago, I got into collage as a way to explore other things. Mm-hmm. And I discovered this, it was a trend for a while called artist trading cards. And it's a really mm. cool thing. Artists will take old playing card decks and paint them and make small works of art and trade them with each other like baseball cards. Mm. Like, cool. hey, artist A gets to trade with artist B. Here's a tiny piece of art. Cool. It was totally like a, we don't buy and sell our work to each other. We're just collecting each other small works. Okay. So I started making my own right about the time that the Dobbs decision came down and I was filled with emotions Mm. and I just kept thinking artist trading cards, abortion. It became abortion trading cards. And I'm also a huge fan of horror and sci-fi and I, my mind can go to the most dystopian possible future about things. Wow. So it became this deck of cards akin to a tarot card deck. Uh-huh. Imagine a dystopian future where abortion's totally illegal and right it's not going to go away, people are still going to seek abortions. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go secret. It's going to go underground. People are going to be teaching each other how to do it. They're going to be finding information and they're going to be finding whatever way they can in the most desperate situation they might be in. So I imagine people trading information on this Mm. hand altered deck of cards. So it looks like a deck of cards that you're carrying around. But when you flip over each card, there's abortifacient herbs on different cards. There's abortion history on different cards. There's, um, Like I have the uh, recipe that Benjamin Franklin wrote back in the 1700s. His abortion recipe is on the back of one of them. There's a carving from Angkor Wat in Cambodia that's over a thousand years old of an abortion massage being given. There's, you know, uh, not ancient, but vintage um, anatomy from a 1940s sex ed manual that I found. Because as we know, it's not just about abortion, abortion access, reproductive care. It's also, right, we know the next step in this process. They've told us what they want to do, and that's get rid of all contraception. That's like dumb down and make the school systems even worse. Let's take away all sex ed and health ed. So people are going to be forced to go back and back and back in time and into the grandmother's attic and into used bookstores to find information that they want. So I wanted this all like what are the weird goth girls of the future, like me, <laughs> the weird Gen this. X goth girls, what are they going to do to work around what's coming? And it became the abortion trading cards. It's so good. I have so much to say and nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I am so eager to feel these cards in my hands. Well, um, I, I, got, I got really excited because I started posting. I was like, oh, I should, you know, I'll post these online and show people what I'm making. Yeah. And a really dear friend of mine 
who has become kind of an independent publisher in her own right, right? She started a publishing company. She's like, this is amazing. Like we have, we have to put these out. Let's make them into yeah. a deck of cards, make <laughs> copies. We'll make it like a deck of cards that come with a little book. Yeah. Right. Like when you buy a tarot card deck, it comes with a totally. little instruction manual. So every card has like the history of what's on the card, how I made it. And also like a conversation or, or journaling question. Mm -hmm. And I want people to see it not only as a little piece of art that you can carry around with you, because it is like, this is collage art. It's, you know, people say, wow, that's really striking. It's really interesting to look at, but I want it to spur conversation. I want it to help people become more confident in how they talk about abortion Mm -hmm. and their views on it. I want Mm -hmm. us to get so comfortable and ready to have conversations and take action and step up, stand out, you know, use the cards, share them in public, like post on social media. Hey, I got this deck of cards and this was the question to bookshelves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This was the question that it asked me and I answered it. And here's my answer. Like I want people to really get energized by this. Mm -hmm. This is so good. Excuse me. Now I want to like, when I get my hands on your deck, I want to, um, share my answers in my own social media posts. (laughs) There is a deck. I'm looking at it across my room. Have you seen that? I think the national abortion fund put it out and it's mostly facts and questions. It's a similar idea of like spurring conversation around Mm. abortion. Um, There are so many things I love. Like I said, um, a, I love when you find somebody and, and you're like, Oh, they're that version of me that I want to be (laughs) like, I keep, um, it's been a while, but like really loud in 2023 that like, I want to take art classes. I want to take art class. And I'm like, not an artist. I'm also a creative and a writer and like, I can, you know, make cool graphics and stuff, but like, I'm not, I like, I'm keep hearing like, take art classes, take art classes, (laughs) take art classes. And then at some points in the year, I've been like, okay, I'm not an artist, so I'll play with collage because then I'm like putting things together. Like that's so mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like hearing you talk about this and and the content of it, I'm just like, this is like a little trippy in my mind that like, I feel like I met like future me or something, or maybe I met the version of me that like already exists. So now I'm going to evolve my dream. I don't, I don't really know, but it's very, all art is inspired by somebody else or some other creation. And that's actually what I loved about collage was even though I already called myself an artist it was a way to take existing materials and reimagine it. Yes. And that is a totally valid way to be an artist. It's yeah. a totally valid path of self-expression. Yeah. There are collage artworks up in famous museums around the world. So yep. collage is a totally valid, viable way to express yourself. And you can be weird. It can be pretty. It can be political. It could be silly. Like it doesn't matter. It can be all visual and have no, it can be abstract. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I didn't write fast enough. Were your words take existing material and reimagine it? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really love that because I feel like in the 
you know, my work is very much around mental health after abortion and how do we like, um, how do we make sense of our own experiences? Because a lot of us have mixed feelings about mm-hmm. our abortions, right? Some people just are very clear and they move on. It's like not a thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have these mixed feelings, which is this like kind of messy, muddy water that can also be really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, my thoughts about all mental health and personal growth and like evolution is literally that it's just like, I I actually just recorded a a personal pot, like a podcast, just me right before our, our call here. Um, that was like, take this thing I'm offering you and make it yours, like change a piece of it, add Mm -hmm. a piece of it, mix it with another tool you've learned. Like that's the, you're talking about it in terms of art and collage, but I, I have a feeling you also understand it from this perspective. Like that's the best part of being human. It's just digesting and soaking and marinating and all these different things and then piecing them together to like be you. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's, it's how I see all of life and, and you've very beautifully made it an art project. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, again, I was both lucky and unlucky enough to be raised by artists. And we were always encouraged growing up to absorb and experience as much as possible of other people's creations, right? Like my aunt and uncle are still, they're in their seventies now. They're still in a band together. They've Mm -hmm. been performing music together since before I was born. So since the late sixties and I knew from a very young age that I am not a sing, I'm not a singer. I'm not great with musical instruments, but being in the audience at their performances was part of the performance for them. Mm. Having an audience was so important to their artistry. Yes. For most artists, I would say, right? Have creating a thing and then giving it to the world is part of the process to put it out there, to be experienced and interpreted by others, right? We might not always like what others interpret of our work or how they judge our work, which is what makes it hard to do because it's a very vulnerable process. You're literally like putting your heart on a piece of paper and putting it out. Like, here's my heart. What do you think? (laughs) And sometimes people are like, that's crap. (laughs) This is literally what I just recorded. So amazing. We're having this conversation. (laughs) Or people don't care. It's total crickets. Like Mm -hmm. nobody sees it. And that's like, oh, I'm alone in the universe. Mm -hmm. And um. It is so important. It's so important. But I want to go back to what you just said about, right? The process of having an abortion can be a very mixed experience. Some people feel conflicted after for whatever reasons. And I would hazard to guess, you have so much more experience in talking with people and being their coach, being their guide. I would guess that a lot of the mixed emotion after is because of the horrible judgment placed upon women who get an abortion. Like, oh yeah, right? almost all most of us feel bad because we're told we should feel bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I do think most of it, but then also a, a piece of it 
it's just this human reality of like paradox and cognitive dissonance and just like the reality of being human is that not everything is clear and not everything makes sense. And you can have these two differing opinions live within you. And like what I wrote down a few minutes ago is what I love about collage is it can include thoughts that don't make sense together, pieces that don't make sense together. And a lot of times when I'm working with a client, it's like, how do we take I'm not a religious person, but I do work with a lot of people who have um, mostly Christian backgrounds, but many different religions over the time. You know, how do we take the parts you loved about your Catholic upbringing and make them make sense Mm -hmm. with your belief that abortion was the best choice for you, right? Like, how do we put that together, even though someone else thinks it doesn't go together in, in the final piece in the final collage it's like how how do we make that beautiful that these two parts of you exist together Mm -hmm. like it's really sad that for me personally right it was very sad to say goodbye to a pregnancy that I knew could turn into a human like I knew it could become a life so in some ways it was living that was very sad And at the same time, I was saying yes to me. I was saying yes to my existing family. I was saying yes to something else. So like, how can I be so okay saying yes and no at the same time? That's just going to live together forever. That's not, I'm not eventually going to get, I don't think, get to the place where like I pick one or the other. It's like those two things just will always live inside me. They're a collage of like who I am. Yeah. Um, well, the other aspect of art that I really want to encourage people, I hope people take away from this is that art for me is the best therapy on earth. Mm. You know, I love my yeah. therapist. I mm. love counseling. I have coaches. I have therapists. I have a whole team for Alex, but uh, there is something about the non-verbal tactile nature of creating art that um helps me process emotions that are too big for words at times and you know my uh, over the last several years I created a series called our stories which was mostly watercolor and that was you know processing and healing i've i've had a family that is just littered with suicide and loss and mental mm. health crises and addiction and it was only in the last 5 or 6 years that it was like oh like suicide suicide loss survivors yeah there are a lot of us there are a lot there are a lot of us whose lives have been touched by suicide yeah and art was like a, a deeper level of healing than I had found in any amount of therapy. I mean, they go hand, they went hand in hand for sure, but I was yeah. so grateful that I had an artistic practice to focus it into. And I've been a writer since high school. Um, actually, I was actually yearbook editor with my two good friends in high school. And then we all went to college together as well. And the three of us started a zine because that's what you did in the 90s. Yes. You started a zine. <laughs> so it was 1993. We started a zine. And the first real story that I wanted to work on 
was uh, unmasking all the crisis pregnancy centers in Eugene, Oregon, where I went to university. Oh my gosh. Do you still have a, do you still oh, have any? Oh, I do. I, I just posted it. I just posted oh, it on my Instagram Perfect. this weekend. Um, and it was called conceiver beware. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I went to the four crisis, right. The free centers that offered free pregnancy tests in this, you know, Eugene, Oregon's not a huge town, but it's a college town. So I went to all four of them over the space of a week. And I basically lied and said, I think I'm pregnant, right? I want a free pregnancy test. Yeah. And three out of the four were front groups for religious right-wing groups where before they tell you if you're pregnant or not, they, you know, they show you this model of a baby and they tell you that your boyfriend's going to break up with you if you get an abortion and you'll, you'll probably never be able to get pregnant if you get an abortion now. And like, they terrify you. And I would just remember sitting there thinking, Oh my gosh, if I really was pregnant, like these people are horrible. They are horrible. horrible. And and these are lies. This was only three out of the four, not four out of the four. There was one that was the feminist health center. Okay. So the feminist women's health center. And they were like, you know, it was like a planned parenthood. Like, Hey, come on in. Let's give you a test. And they were like, okay, you're not pregnant, but here's some free contraception. Like it was very, like dry, non-emotional. They okay. Just, so it wasn't were, really a CPC. It was more of a health center. Well, it was, there were four centers that were advertising free pregnancy tests. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so <laughs> the one was like the, basically the planned parenthood. I in see. Town. I see. My yeah. brain was confused. I'm like, there's, how can it be a CPC if it's not that agenda? Like I just was right. trying to, but right. I see what you're saying. <laughs> and I just went online this weekend. I was like, oh, I'm going to post a story about how I wrote this back, you know, what, almost 30 years ago now. Yeah. And there's what, over 3000 of these clinics across the U.S. today. And most of them are not covered by HIPAA laws because mm-hmm. they don't have an actual doctor on staff. So your information is not safe with them. No. And I had no idea until this weekend. I was horrified. It's like quite, no, it's just one of the high on the list things. I was going to say quite possibly the thing that boils my blood the most. (laughs) There's so many reasons to be angry. There's so many things that boil (laughs) my blood these days. Um, But I... I lose control of myself in the presence of crisis pregnancy centers. Like I, I really, like it really takes a lot for me to maintain my composure. (laughs) I am, I get very angry. I I get very strident. I know this about, I get very judgmental. So if I can focus it into an art project that might do some good, (laughs) great. (laughs) Better for me, better for the world. Yeah. And I had a friend who was one of the founding people behind the Bridget Alliance. Oh, beautiful. And so I've partnered with them. They Mm -hmm. are receiving Mm -hmm. 15% of all profits from the abortion trading cards are going to the Bridget Alliance. Amazing. Amazing. Do all that linking. Um, Do you mind me asking? I think you shared at the very beginning a taste of it but what for you made abortion a thing that that you found yourself needing to talk about needing to speak about I was just watching a 
you know, on Instagram reel or something today that where he said, once I saw that or knew that I couldn't not talk about it. And I was like, yep, that was it for me. Like I wanted, I had my own abortion at 38 and like, I definitely wanted to just heal and move on and be okay. Cause like, I was okay with my own. St- I didn't have like personal work to do yeah. and I wanted to just like move on, but I couldn't not talk about it. Like I couldn't not help other people. Right. Um, what do you have any sense of like, why for you this is because there's a million issues in the world, right? Like why for you, this was a thing that, that you have continued to use your voice around. There's okay. There's a few. Um, the first is I just, I'm like, how dare you? How dare you tell me what I can do with my body? Like literally F off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born in this little golden age of Gen X people who like, Oh, I can get a credit card without a man's permission. And I have bodily autonomy. Like who knew this was the the magic window to be born into. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have a couple of really good girlfriends growing up who got pregnant in high school and college and actually a a friend in middle school. Yeah. And thank goodness they had access to care, right? right? They, it changed the trajectory of their life that they had choice. Did you know that in middle school though? Like, were you thinking, thank goodness, or was that just normal? That's just like, of course they have It was such a shock that this friend of mine who it was, you know, her uncle's best friend, like it was a bad situation, right? An adult man was definitely sexually assaulting this girl. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, oh, like we're 12, like she should not have a child now. This, this is not good for her or anyone like this should not happen. Yeah. And I just like, she told me and one other friend and I just remember thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that she can that she can do this and get this done. Yeah. It was really scary. And then the next year, my mom, and I know this is going to be complicated for some people, but my mom had an ectopic pregnancy and she, I don't, I don't know why she said it this way, but she told me the, you know, the fetus is forming incorrectly it's an ectopic pregnancy. I have to have an abortion. And my mom, like she was, it was very, very dangerous. And I was living with her, you know, single mom. And I was like, Oh my God, like my mom was in bed for two weeks. Like she lost a ton of blood. It was very scary. And I just remember thinking, Oh my God, like my mom almost died. I'm so glad she had access to care. Now, I've told that story since, and people are like, that's not an abortion. That's an ectopic pregnancy. That's different. I'm like, you know what? This is what she told me back in 88 or 89, whatever it was. Like, this, these are the words she used to describe what happened to her. And there are places in the country right now where, right, it, it would be questionable. Doctors wouldn't quite know if they were allowed to deliver this care or not. Right. Things or they still... would make her wait until it bursts and exactly. yada, yada. Exactly. Exactly. When they shared their story on the last episode with Mattia, it was the same thing. Like their mom had um, multiple complicated pregnancies that required um, abortion care. 
there's way more to that story because the mom doesn't see it as abortions, like, <laughs> but she does. And as a kid or as a kid, they saw that and were like, abortion saved my mom's life. Yeah. 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 And so those are, those are kind of the inciting incidents in my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm very aware that rich white ladies like me will always be able to get an abortion or probably, probably a lot easier for us. Probably nobody's going to stop us at the border. Probably nobody's going to question us and black and brown women and poor women are going to be the ones again, taking the brunt of this incredibly unjust system that we're in right now. And that freaking boils my blood. Yeah. So Sorry, I get so <laughs> I get so worked up about this. But well, you, go, you answered the question. The question was like, what about this boils yeah. your blood? What about this is the thing that I can't not talk about this. I can't not do this project. I can't not. And you just answered yeah. that. Well, well, and the other um, thing was I was listening this weekend to another podcast about this and how mental health is not an exception in most, most places, right? There are some medical exceptions for people to get access to abortion care, but in most places, a pregnant person's mental health is not considered a reason to give them an abortion and tying it back to my own family history with suicide and suicide loss, how many women and pregnant people are going to decide to end their own lives because they can't get access to care. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, how many more will end their own lives while living, right? Like, yes, many will die by suicide, but how many more will just give up, like become self-destructive, right? So it's like, who decides when you've taken your life and it, to, there's so many varying degrees of that. Yeah. Um, yeah so so messy and so layered they um i appreciate so much how the jewish faith very much takes into account mental health as the well-being of the mother it's like we don't have there's no definitions here it's like if this is not in the mother's best interest as defined or the pregnant person's best interest as defined by them and their team, whoever that is, like good enough for us. We don't decide <laughs> like yeah. mental health absolutely matters. <sighs> so yeah. I hope that, that the cards inspire people. And yeah. even in, you know, I love gallows humor, right? Growing up in a traumatized family, gallows humor was a little bit of a saving grace for me. And I love that the cards are a little weird and kind of cool and will, you know, get people talking in different ways. And I just think we need everybody who cares to stand up and take action. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm so excited. When do they, when do they come out? I mean, had I done a little bit of research, I would have that date right in front of me, but I 
That's not how I podcast. (laughs) So January 22nd, 2024, which would have been the 51st anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Wow. Wow. Did you know that was going to be the date? So my publisher and I were looking at calendars and trying to figure it out. And we're like, oh, there we go. (laughs) This is a date. This is a date to be remembered. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And I do want to shout out to my publisher. They are taking zero profits Mm. so that we can give more to the Bridget Alliance. They are only taking as much as costs to print and ship, which is very, very little. And they're putting in a lot of work into this. They they really care. They really care. Row House Publishing is an incredible, an incredible company. It really is very much agreed and we will link to them for sure anything else you haven't shared about this project or um your belief systems that you feel like a listener wants to hear before we wrap up or that you just want to say out loud um i guess i just want to encourage everyone who has a secret inner artist hiding inside them who, and maybe I'm just talking to you. Maybe right you're now. just talking to me. <laughs> maybe it's you, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I have almost everything I learned about collage. I learned from YouTube. Yeah. Beautiful. So you don't have to spend a dime except on maybe, you know, some glue <laughs> and paintbrushes <laughs> to, um, to become an artist, to start practicing an art. And I just want to encourage everyone to do so. I think the more creative expression we have, the healthier people we have, um, the more energy is out in the world. And so, you know, you you let me know when you've watched. Well, it's some- interesting. I A little while back, I bought liquid watercolors. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to just start playing. And I took a copy of my book, which is basically a hundred poems. Um, about like the after abortion experience and I started tearing pages out of the book and like using the watercolor and it did not come out come out the way I imagined at all and I knew that would be a part of the process but it totally frustrated me and I just like gave up on it (laughs) but as you were just talking I was like oh I could do it that way so Mm -hmm. maybe you have literally just inspired me to start tearing up my book again and adding some color to it and playing Excellent. And you know, you hit me up, you you've got my email, you can DM me or whatever about like process and technique. (laughs) I love it. And let me let make this an invitation to anyone else who has purchased my book or wants to go purchase my book to, to work through your own abortion experience, tear it up, draw on it, write on it, cut it, like put big X's through the parts you don't like, like I (laughs) play play, play. Um, it's so healing to play. I I will say that I actually had to get, I needed permission from my aunt who was a middle school librarian for 30 years. Mm. I was like, Auntie Bo, um, I am going to start doing a lot of collage work. And most of my collage comes from old books that I find. And it feels sacrilegious to injure a book. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And she said, sweetheart, if you are literally finding these books on the street in a free box or you're giving at, them life <laughs> or a sec- exactly. She's like, if you're finding it at a secondhand store or it was going to get rained on and destroyed, like give it another life, right? Make it into something yeah. else. I'm like, okay, thank you. I love that. <laughs> but also please buy my book brand new, yes. anyone and tear it to shreds. <laughs> you have my full permission. Um, And that comes back to a different piece of the conversation where, you know, when we're content creators or artists or anything, like we, we don't get control of how people interpret our work or what they do with it. To some degree, there are, there are ways that things are regulated, but um, I think a healthy artist or content creator or writer knows that they're putting something out in the world that they are letting go of control of. And so if it's healing for someone else to tear it to shreds, I mean, I have articles written about me that are like super pro-life, like big time haters of me. And Congratulations. I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this sucks. And I don't agree with you, but like, I don't know, maybe in some world that's helping you heal some piece of your inner child to like beat the shit out of me. Like you have my permission. (laughs) Like, no, I don't like it, but there's a part of me that's like, if you need to do that in that way, there's something you're moving through and I will never (laughs) understand it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Misdirected anger. I don't know. But some, somebody did ask me last week, aren't you worried that the, you know, Christo nationalists are going to come after you? And I was like, at this point, I hope they do. You know what? I've, I've, yeah. I've had a great life. I'm almost 50. Um, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen, but if I can get more attention for this, that's fine. Yeah. I had to work through that big time before starting this work was like, what if this is literally dangerous to me and my family? And I still ask myself that question almost once a week. And it, and that's the point where it's like, when something's in you that you can't not talk about, right. You, you pass that point of fear. Like I'm not letting that fear run the show. Right. Absolutely. I do want to mention one other resource that I think is so important. And this is on the back of the crisis pregnancy centers and how they don't have any HIPAA codes that they have to adhere to. Um, the Charlie app has come out in the oh, last month. I don't know about that. So C-H-A-R-L-E-Y okay. is a totally anonymous way to inquire about abortion services, what you have access to, depending on where you live wherever you are in the u.s a really good friend of ours nicole who was in um she was like the head of education at planned parenthood for a few years Mm -hmm. she was part of the team that developed it and it just launched so i'm trying to get maybe they need to be on the podcast yes (laughs) yeah absolutely that's amazing i always think of that i think the instagram account is like exposed cpcs or something i always think Mm. of that and go there when I'm trying because honestly some of these have tricked me yeah I'll get to a website and be like oh my gosh they're really they get it they're really and then I get and then I dig 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 and I'm like oh fuck you yeah (laughs) 
You got to be so careful, right? You got to be careful who you ask, who you talk to. So the Charlie app is a totally safe, anonymous, like they're not keeping any data. They are only relaying information and then none of that gets shared anywhere. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. That's amazing. That reminds me of, have you seen the earth app? Yes. It reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. Well, it was so lovely to chat with you. Um, congratulations on this project and thank you for being thank you. a light and a darkness in the world. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's my vibe. Uh, yeah. People can go to abortion trading cards dot art to see more info. Perfect. And I'll do all the linking in the show notes. Um, I, I'm just an Instagram person. That's where I always go to. Cause it's how I, and it's how I found you is, is there a place other than Instagram? That's better. That's the best. To, yeah. yeah. Okay. And my, my handle is delicious Alex. Because I used to be a chef. <laughs> I use the word delicious a lot, not about food. So I'm all Perfect. of that. I'm all over that. <laughs> thank Amanda, you. Thank so you so much. much. I really appreciate the work yeah. you do. And, thank and you. thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I'm glad to add this to the collection. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.